For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. We're in huddle with me, Bram, and with me, per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, I am excited to announce that rejoining us after weeks, dude. Feels like months. The former Golden State beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, who covered the rise of a dynasty, a high-profile sports author who has contributed to more media outlets than I can list during this intro, including Fox Sports Radio, Spectrum, Sportsnet Television, and Sports Kita, a current L.A. sports scene expert and a guy who knows how to take a damn fine picture with a fire extinguisher, Mr. Mike Medina. What's going on, Mark? Yeah, let that be known. It's Mark Medina, not Mike. And proud owner of the uh, Warriors Huddle shirt here. I mean, I'm rocking the merch, as always. You know, I really underline what kind of a professional you were. I mean, a hell of bullet points. I basically read your fucking resume, and then you <laughs> point out that I was unprofessional in the intro. That didn't feel like the nicest move, and Maxine, to bring you in on a uh, on a far too inside of a joke. So again, table nine, we went to that wedding together way back, Connors, and at one point, because Mark was there with his lovely fiance. They asked me to take a picture since I was there with nobody and didn't have any other obligations. So I took a picture of them, was super, super proud of it. And then ultimately they showed me a, uh, a version of that photo. And really all you can see is the fire extinguisher that they were apparently standing in front of. Wasn't my best artistic work. The good news is though, I wrote underneath it, Mike uh, Medina. So it all worked out really well and there was a consistency. You know, what was another cool part of uh, the backstory of that wedding was that for a long time, um, I would I, I've told Bram that I routinely wear this shirt like when I'm working out. I think part of him didn't believe me. And my fiance was able to confirm that I was telling the truth. And I think Bram was pleasantly surprised. I continue to be. We actually have. And this is going to be the theme of the show, undoubtedly. But we have a personalized shirt that reads Mike right here on the top. So we're going to get love you that it, when it, this is done. It. And it has a fire extinguisher on the back. So really, <laughs> it's all coming together, Mark. Let's jump in, man. And um, I got a ton of Warrior stuff for you and some stuff that, that triggers right into your work, things I've been waiting to ask you about. But first, a quick and probably unnecessary explanation We've been doing our nope, yup segment. It's kind of the perfect way to address the offseason and takes big questions and then nope. dares it down to just a single answer, right? So I'll give you a question, nope. you give me a nope, yup, and then we'll yep. explore that answer a little bit further. Nope. And the first few have to do with Clay Thompson, um, but let's set it up. So your Warriors and Lakers worlds collided not so long ago when you interviewed Michael Thompson. And you interviewed Michael Thompson about his son, Clay Thompson. Great piece, great interview, great quotes. I've got some of them right here. I'm going to read them to you, and then I'm going to give you a question. Here's the first quote. He looks good, lean, and ready to go, Michael told Sportskeeda. I expect him to be at a high all-star level again. Let me pause here for a second. That phrase, told Sportskeeda. I see that shit everywhere. I see it like in the Chronicle. You'll say the person told the Chronicle. In the Barry News Group, the person told the Here, told Sportskeeda. Do you learn that? Like as a sports journalist, do people tell you don't ever list yourself, always just list the outlet? 
Yeah, it looks the, the outlet, but at the same time, I think it's it's brought a life of its own where when you've had exclusive interviews in the past, maybe you don't advertise as much, but I guess in the age of social media and trying to have unique content, the different publications have uh, let it be known. It's nice to give that plug when you can. Yeah, I mean, in the world of click, you know, and click baits, you'd think you'd want to make sure you knew who the hell that was giving. I'm surprised there isn't parenthetically, you know, that uh, Michael gave to Mike. You should have told him you guys share a name, dude. It would have been the uh, the perfect setup here. The quote continues, quote, <laughs> he'll be back hungrier than ever. He's two years removed from his serious injuries. He's been working out like crazy. He looks good, lean and ready to go. I expect him to be at a high all-star level. Again, it's possible. But the West is so loaded with guards. You're going to have to be hooping out of your mind because all these guards in the West could make the all-star team. So that's Mike Thompson talking about his son. The yep, nope goes to you. Mark, do you think Clay Thompson will ever be an all-star again? Well, I got to keep a yep, nope. Um, I'm going to say nope. I want you to explain that, but first let's go to Maxime. What do you think, dude? Agree? Nope, yep? Man, now I'm so sad. Nope. Mark, explain it for us. Why? Well, I think uh, I share Michael Thompson's optimism that Clay is going to look good next season. He's going to be substantially better than he was last season. He's in shape, all that stuff. But I don't think it's quite enough to make the all-star team because the Western Conference is loaded. They have a lot of good players that are still in their prime. I don't want to say like Clay is past his prime. I think that he still can still have effective years, but I don't think he's going to be playing at his absolute best uh, for the rest of his career. So I think you're, you're kind of in that in-between stage where I don't think Clay is going to be seen as a liability enough that the Warriors don't want to extend him. They don't want to keep him uh, on the roster for the rest of his career, but I think it is too much uh, to, uh, to guarantee that, yeah, he'll be on the all-star team ever again. He's going to adopt his dad's take, right? I mean, break it down. Michael Thompson's saying two things here. First thing he says is, I expect him to come out like wildfire. He's been working super hard. He's ready to rock. He's going to hit a high level again. I agree with all that. Second thing Michael Thompson says is, but look, West is deep, and it's deep with guards and young guards at that. And we're talking like the Luka Doncic's of the world. So I do believe in Clay returning to form. I think he's going to be a huge piece of a championship puzzle. But do I think he gets back into the all-star game? Maybe not, but we're not saying we don't think he returns to prominence, right? We're just saying that maybe the rest of the West is so fucking loaded that it'll be hard to break that. Uh, here's another quote from Michael Thompson. Quote, him, talking about Clay. Kim, Draymond, and Steph should never wear another uniform. So you know I agree with the idea. Give me the fact. Nope or yep. Uh, Mark, what do you think, dude? Will Steph, Clay, or Draymond ever wear a uniform that does not say Golden State across its front? Well, I rephrase. Will they ever leave Golden State or will they stay with Golden State the rest of their career? Uh, will they stay with Golden State for the rest of their career? As yeah, I it, finished it, that it, sentence, it's, I realized it's it was a, super awkward. And it's, I didn't a really yep, it. it's a yep with capital letters. They will Let's all go. be warriors for life. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Why capital letters? What makes you so positive? Well, there's a lot of things. Uh, I think first off, Steph Curry and Draymond Green, they're still playing in their prime. I think that they're going to have, uh, you know, comparable seasons this upcoming year. I think that Clay Thompson, while I do doubt that he can make the all-star team ever again, I think that he's going to be a much more tangible, better version of himself. And maybe that is a low bar because he had 
some poor shooting numbers, especially that second round in the playoffs. But I think that you also have to keep in mind is he showed some really good flashes of some good play, especially in February where his shooting numbers were up. I also think you have to keep into account that his performances were coinciding with a few un- not unforeseen, but unfortunate developments. He, he was still getting past the injuries. Um, so now this will be his second full season without the injuries behind him uh, with the injuries behind him. Second, uh, I don't think that uh, he'll be playing without Andrew Wiggins for 25 games um, or beyond. And that, I think, was a huge component with having uh, extra floor spacing, having some more defensive help on the wings. And I think that Clay, um, he's using last season's setback as motivation. I think that the thing about Clay's struggles last season, that unlike some other players that would have poor shooting stretches, no doubt Clay was shot hunting, but it came from a weird, uh, good place. And sure. what I mean by that was he was shooting the ball and maybe taking horrific shots, but it wasn't for selfish reasons. It was because he was trying too hard, wanting to do too much because he just really wanted to get back into form. But now I think that he's going to feel less pressure of that, both from an X's and O standpoint and a psychological standpoint. And I think that unlike last season, he can make up for whatever waves or slumps that he goes through with the shooting with other good attributes, most notably defense, because he's further removed from his injuries. But I think when you add it all up, while there are questions, what's Clay's contract going to look like, et cetera, et cetera, philosophically, the Warriors aren't going to ever want to part ways with Clay because not only do they have the sentimental ties to him, but they also have the pragmatic ties that they think that. For all the warts and the unknowns, um, it's better off to keep Clay Thompson on the roster, both for him and for what it means as the trio. And I think that while, you know, it would be a stretch to think, oh, yeah, he'll get the same contract that he did last contract. Um, I think that when you look at them uh, from both parties, they have been willing to kind of mend uh, meeting of the minds where there is a give and take where each side feels fully respected. And I fully suspect that that'll happen next summer. Maxime, I have a nasty Sophie's Choice for you. Nasty. So nasty, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to have you think on it while I ask a follow-up to Mark, and then we're going to go to you, okay? So last week, we talked about Antetokounmpo and will Yanni's have a shot. And because of that, we got some email. And a bunch of emailers pointed out to me, well, financially impossible. CBA, blah, blah, blah. I won't read their emails. But essentially what it pointed out is you can't have four max players. It's not going to happen. They, they have made sure you can't do it. So the Sophie's choice to you, Maxime, and I don't want you to answer it yet. Keep three of these four. Steph, Clay, Draymond, Antetokounmpo. All right? Now, Mark, quick follow-up for you. I'm sure you were there in that Lakers series, you know, and Clay looked terrible, man. What happened? What's your interpretation? You know, because he wasn't hurt anymore, and the thing that we've always been able to count on for Clay was jump shooting. The shot wasn't falling against the Lakers. Why? What, what was your takeaway? Well, I think it was a few things. Usually when Clay Thompson doesn't shoot well during his career with the Warriors, it's a product of a bigger thing of the Warriors ball movement not being where it should be because he's the ultimate catch and shoot, move off the ball kind of player. Number two, I think Clay was pressing even more so because of the fact it's the playoffs. It's the whole hometown connection where he grew up. His dad's calling the games. He wanted to put on a show, especially when he was in L.A., And then third, I think that it's the trickle-down effect with Andrew Wiggins. Now, Andrew Wiggins was back on the floor, but he was still rounding himself into shape. And because he wasn't fully up to snuff, 
therefore Clay wasn't. But look, I think that he's certainly not blameless, but his shortcomings are a product of the Warriors' shortcomings in general, where the team chemistry wasn't consistent. And, uh, you know, while Steph Curry was certainly playing well throughout the season, he didn't have his best series either. either. So when you rank everything, Clay certainly isn't blameless. He was a huge part of their shortcomings, but I I think that the the team dysfunction was the larger forces in play. I like it. I've answered that question for other people. And every time I've put together an answer, it didn't really make sense to be totally frank with you. So I'm going to print out what you just said and like, you know, make it into my own words, add some F-bombs in there, but I think it will ultimately be my standard answer. All right, Maxime, I vamped. Just make sure you attribute it correctly to Mark Medina, not Mike. Why would I change your name? Everybody knows you as Mike Medina. That doesn't make any sense. Maxime. What's your take? All right, so you got to cut one of those. Who is it? So, Mark or Mike, uh, at this point, I'm a little confused. Um, There's this thing. Sometimes Bram will let me go first on a take, and then he'll be pissed because I'll steal his take. And I think this is making up for all of those times. He went in and read my mind and knew exactly what I was going to say when I was going to say, yep, for precisely this reason, that moving on, this is this is exactly the type of move that you would see like a GM in his second or third year doing to make his own sort of splash and footprint on the league. This is exactly the type of thing that you would see Joe Lacob, who for all of the public-facing ideals of keeping this core together, he's a ruthless businessman. And yes, Clay Thompson's jersey smell, sells. The Warriors fans will always be... Um, you know, uh, he will always be a fan favorite of the Warriors, but also that's not really going to go away. And more than anything, Lacob wants to win. And I think that that's the type of combination that could lead to a splash move like shifting um, Clay Thompson out for Giannis. Sometimes, Mark, a move all pull is I realize a topic is so fucking toxic that if you go out and actually have a take on it, fans might hate you. For example, having to drop one of the core three for Antetokounmpo. So in those scenarios, I lob it up to everyone else in the room and then don't say shit. So, yo, I don't know why Maxine wants to break everybody up. That's that's weird. Uh, and apparently he associates more with Joe Lacob. We'll, we'll go back to that topic. Maxime, I know exactly where you're coming from on that. Uh, let me give you another one. This also has to do with the top three. Nope or yep, Mark. Will Draymond Green be first or second team all defense next year again because last year he was second team. Ooh. Uh, yep, on first team. Oh, uh. why? What's happening this year? Do you think he's just motivated? Is this just the the Warriors comeback year? Well, I think it is a Warriors comeback year, and I'm mean, I'm not guaranteeing championship here. I think that he, uh, big picture, they're part of a mix of many teams that could win, but they're I think they're going to be more successful. Than last season with the least game, the Western Conference Finals. I think that Draymond feels invigorated with the new contract that he has. Uh, he's still been playing really effective. And I think that he feels like he'll have more authority to lead. To his own admission, when he threw the infamous punch to Jordan Poole, he did feel like, rightfully so, that his leadership capital dwindled down <laughs> substantially because he did not have <laughs> that uh, authority to call people out when you know he threw a punch unwarranted to a young player uh, in training camp. And so now that he's further removed from it, now that Jordan Poole's not there, I think that he feels comfortable with calling people out. He's not going to throw punches again, but when there are misrotations, I think that he'll feel uh, you know, more justified and a lot more confident in trying to uh, bring everyone together defensively. 
No, it's the vindication tour, right? I mean, if if Clay Thompson is trying to find vindication after being undervalued after two injury years, then Draymond Green will try to find vindication after everyone took shots at his leadership abilities following last year's down season. Uh, I am on board for that. Here's another random one. So this comes from Good Pods, which I didn't know what it was. Um, apparently, they are a social media account. They have a Twitter account out there. And they had a take asking, quote, what is your podcast's catchphrase? So I thought it was nothing. Like, you know, I didn't really pay attention to it. Then I clicked and Good Pods has like 15 million followers or something. It's not that many, but it was more <laughs> than fucking I wanted them to have. And I was like, oh my God, like, should we have a catchphrase? Like, I feel like we're being left behind here. So, nope. Yep. Should all podcasts have catchphrases? Maxime, why don't you go first on this one, dude? What do you think? Are we missing out? What what is what is a catchphrase? A podcast is not a bite-sized medium. I I I reject the whole premise. I think we have a million different catchphrases in terms of inflections and you know openings and closings. And I, I just a catchphrase is bite-sized content, and that's not what we do here. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure what a catchphrase is. You know, like is it like Bart Simpson saying like I caramba? Like I don't really I don't know where catchphrases come in. It feels like something that used to happen all the time. You know, like like 80s sitcoms would have a catchphrase or something. But I don't I don't feel like catchphrases are really out there as often and certainly not in podcasts. But Mark, you are our professional here. What do you think, dude? Should each podcast have a catchphrase? Nope. And I'll put that in capital letters too. <laughs> Phenomenal. Keep the mic. Um, I got a bunch of Steph Curry ones for you. And let's set it up with another piece that you wrote. So you interviewed Brandon Payne. Um, who is Steph's longtime trainer and a guy who has a front row seat to greatness, I would imagine, on a day-by-day basis. And one of the quotes you got from Brandon was him talking about Steph's I'm the greatest point guard uh, quote that he gave to Gilbert Arenas. Quote, he's quite possibly the most skilled basketball player that has ever played. He has the combination with his skill level, his decision-making ability, and his level of conditioning. I'll stop it there. Mark, yep or nope? Is Steph Curry the most skilled basketball player that you have ever seen play? Well, the way you phrase it there, I can say yeah. But if you were to extend it more about point guard debate, why don't you settle down? Just give me my deck and move on. I would say no. Why? (laughs) Who? Okay. Well, look, it's 1A, 1B, but the thing that I have – I have to give Magic Johnson the edge over. It's not just the ring count. I mean, that is important, but uh, just what he did to the franchise. I mean, Steph Curry, obviously best shooter of all time. Magic Johnson is the best passer of all time. And while Steph is clearly more than just a shooter, he has an all-around game. He's become more durable. He has those, those leadership qualities. Magic Johnson also had those qualities as well. And I think because of the fact that his game was predicated on making everyone better, on really being that leadership in the locker room, especially when he wasn't technically the guy that was commanding the team. That was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He had uh, more touches uh, per game. He had uh, the veteran presence over him, but he had such an aura about him that he was able to galvanize not just a respected veteran like Kareem, but all the other role players. And while this isn't any criticism of Steph Curry's leadership because it's impeccable. I think it's more about Magic Johnson's impact with all the things that made him such a great point guard. And so it's just a weird gray area because Steph Curry's 
more than just a shooter, and he has all those other qualities that make him an all-around player. But it really comes down to we're splitting hairs between 1A and 1B. I currently choose Magic, but you can certainly make the case for Steph. And the good thing about Steph, unlike Magic, is he ha still has several years left to maybe uh, you know make that conversation less challenging and make you say, oh, it's Steph Curry all the way. The headline here is Sports Kita questions Steph's leadership, which I thought is really scandalous and not sure why you did that. Um, yeah, but, that, but you know, but you know what? In my defense, Mike Medina said that. Not that's Mark true. No, no, no. That's, ex that's exactly right. The huddles Mike Medina dropped it, and he's a little hyperbolic, so who knows what we can expect from him. Um, I'll shift the question a little bit and make it completely subjective. Because the way it's phrased makes it sound like it's objective, which is not. Anytime you're talking about the best in any category, really, unless you're talking about things they have concrete numbers for, it's a subjective thing. But to me, and this triggers magic as well, Steph is the most fun player to have ever been in the league and maybe the most fun player I've ever watched in any sport, anywhere, at any point ever. Uh, there... The amount of smiles that gentleman has given me over, you know, whatever it's been the last uh, decade and a half, I think might be more than anyone in my life outside of my daughter, dude. You know, so the I, I we don't have to jump down the is he the best point guard or the best skilled player we've ever watched because in a sport that really is just entertainment. He is the most entertaining guy, and I don't think it's close. Would that be true for you, Maxime? Is there anyone else in your sporting life, really in your entertainment life, who has brought you more joy over the years? No, I mean, what, what comes to mind, and I who came to mind right away is Usain Bolt, um, which is very different because I don't have as many touch points with him. But it was that same sort of thing of like, I didn't know this was possible. You sort of broke my understanding of this system. Um, that kind of like that energy of like, oh, he's running a little bit faster than everybody else. Holy shit, he has a whole nother gear that nobody else can do. I didn't know it was possible for a human being to do this. That's sort of the same thing. Obviously, I wasn't around when Magic was um, actually playing. I really, I wasn't even alive, but that's beside the point. Um, I, it seems as though he was um, perfecting the system, whereas Steph completely broke the system. And that's just like, that's the type of thing that makes me smile because you can't do anything but throw your hands up like Steve Kerr when you see some of the things that he's doing. Usain Bolt was physically impressive. It's like someone who bench pressed 10,000 pounds. You know, it's like, oh my God, like I didn't know that that was possible. But Steph took 10,000 pounds and juggled with it. You know, he, he took something that seemed impossible and then actually added entertainment value um, on the top of it. All right, let's go. You know what? Actually, let me ask it this way. So I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts, I always do. And Giannis, just like our podcast, has appeared on others, and they're talking about whether or not he would go anywhere else and the backlash that he would face from Milwaukee. So here's my first question on that. Mark, why don't you take it first? Nope, yeah. If you were Bob Myers, is there anyone in the league, anyone in the league, who you would trade Steph Curry for? Well, thankfully, Bob Myers doesn't have that job anymore. Mike Dunleavy? Jeez. I haven't made the transition yet. Nope. If you are Bob Myers, you just stick with, will you stop rephrasing my questions? You bastard. Yeah. If you're Mike D, what would you do? Okay. If I'm Mike Dunleavy, I choose between getting Giannis and what else? Anybody? No, Steph. So th the question is, if you could trade Steph Curry for anybody, Victor Wenbanyama and first Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, you pick them, pick anyone on the face of the planet. Would you trade Steph Curry for that individual? Uh, I want it. Now, I mean, the reality is Steph Curry is still one of the best players in the game, but uh, he is the system. Like he start, he 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 has dictated the Warriors' culture. 
the way it operates, the way he empowers ownership, Steve Kerr to run, uh, you know, basketball ops, the coaching, et cetera. And then, you know, the leadership trickles down to everywhere else with his star teammates and role players. And you remove that, um, you know, I guess, obviously, there's a Victor Wembanyama who's, you know, much younger and has many years ahead of him. But uh, you're asking the philosophical question, would you like to start this season with Steph Curry or Victor Wembanyama? All you'll have to see is what the Spurs record will look like this season in Victor's rookie season. They're not expected to even make the play-in tournament. I mean, they have a lot of productive seasons ahead, but uh, it's going to take some time for him to become that generational talent. Now, when it comes to trading for someone like Giannis, um, look, Giannis is one of the best players in the game, but I'm taking Steph Curry every day of the week over Giannis because I think that Steph's still better than him for what he does. And I think that everything else, as far as the intangibles, have a much bigger impact. And I think that's saying a lot because Giannis has so many incredible intangibles. But I, I just think that like Warrior fans have often step, said about Curry in regards to anything, Steph's better. Exactly right, dude. Okay, so look, would I trade him for anybody? Nope. Fuck nope. Um, past, present, future. Past. And I got a follow-up question on this one. But what he's already done, unassailable, and they can't turn their back on that. You, you don't let him walk anywhere else. If Steph would like to spend some portion of his career somewhere else, that's on him. But what he's already brought here, this dynasty, the Warriors aren't going to make that decision for him. you know. So no, I wouldn't trade him anywhere based on the past. Present, unlike most people who have, in fact, this, this bleeds into the future as well, unlike people who has his resume, Steph seemingly is getting better. One of the questions I was thinking about asking you guys is, is he as good this year as he was in 2016 when he won the unanimous MVP? And I think it's a discussion point. You know, the, this guy, he's, he, his, apparently his skill set is only solidifying. His understanding of how to win is only getting better. And what he means to this team is only increasing. So past, present, future, would you trade him? Of course not. But here's a follow-up, and I think it's a little bit more entertaining. Um, Maxine, why don't you take this one for us? So what this podcast I was listening to was going through the Antetokounmpo uh, possibility of him leaving Milwaukee. And what they were saying without saying it is that Giannis better get ready to be booed because if he leaves, even though he brought a title to Milwaukee, when he goes back, if he does so and goes on another team, as much as Milwaukee loved him before and as much as he was a part of that fabric, the fans will be pissed and they'll give it to him. And I agree. I think that if he left now, there would be some boos for, for Antetokounmpo. So pushing this on to Steph, is there anything do you think that can happen between now and the end of time that would make warrior fans turn on Steph Curry. You know, if, if he changed teams, if he decided to not play, if he did something like Antetokounmpo, if he suddenly announced, look, these guys aren't a winner anymore. I want to go somewhere else. Do you think there's any chance that the relationship between Curry and the Warriors fans can be fractured? Nope. 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 And I actually think that's true for Giannis too. Milwaukee was, a, was like a championship starved city, right? I think they hadn't won since Kareem. You know, that was like... I think Giannis can do whatever he wants now, and Bucks fans will still be grateful for him. I mean, he brought him a championship, just fair and square. And Steph, multiple times over, no way. He can do whatever he wants. He could say, I'm out tomorrow, and I'd be like, I, I still would stand up and cheer every time he came into the gym. Let me knock down or at least disagree with your honey's point. Um, and it's, honestly, it's because of Kareem. I think if Milwaukee loses another franchise-level young center, 
to a big market, they're going to lose their fucking mind. And I think they will boo the shit out of Antetokounmpo. Um, I think that the Midwest is strangely proud. I think that if they lose another star, it's not going to go super well. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that uh, plays what? out. What do you mean strangely proud? Like, do you think they should not be proud? <laughs> no. Have you ever been to the Midwest? Fuck no. Um, but you know, that said, you can feel free to cut that fucking line. <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, Steph. Nothing, nothing, nothing personal, nothing professional. There's nothing he could do to separate his relationship with this fan base. Nothing. If if today he announced, I'd like to be a Laker for the rest of my life. If he said, I'm going to go play golf. If he said, I want to help open a restaurant empire for Aisha. It doesn't matter. Anything he did for his future, when he came back, even if he was in another opposing jersey, I think he would be serenaded. You know, I think we'd all kill ourselves to pat him on the back. But Mark, what do you think? Do you agree? Uh, I agree with Max Zim. Sorry, Bram. Uh, with Giannis, here, let, let me unpack this. I think the difference between if he were to leave Milwaukee and how it would be received compared to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, we have to keep in mind a few things here. With Kareem, yes, he won a championship with the Bucks, but there was a feeling at the time that, well, that had more to do with Oscar Robertson than Kareem, no, no matter how talented he is. Uh, number two, uh, it's a different era. You know, the the player empowerment movement was very unique, um, but also on his way out. Um, and I think, you know, Kareem very understandably had these sentiments, but he shared it out loud. He shared his misgivings about Milwaukee's prejudices, and he just felt like there just wasn't enough culture there compared to big cities like New York and Los Angeles. So because of his candor, that's what contributed some to some of the city's anger toward him after the fact. With Giannis, I think that the fact that he bought himself a championship ensures that he would be received the same way Cleveland fans reacted when LeBron James left, not the first time, but the second time. That was more out of appreciation for that he helped them win a title. I won't say who that came at the expense of, but LeBron helped the Cavs I mean, win a title. You just said it. Nobody needs <laughs> you. Like, we don't need your stupid games. Um, and uh, and then with, with, with Steph, yeah, if, if – Barring him doing something like terribly out of character and illegal, like he's, he's going to be well received on his way out. I think that if he decides that he wants out of the Warriors, there'll be probably more blame on the other actors involved, whether it's, hey, well, ownership didn't do enough to draft well or keep the uh, keep the star guys, or maybe they shift blame on, hey, Draymond Green wasn't able to maintain his high level play. Same with Clay. I don't think that Steph would give get any blame whatsoever because of the championships that he helped the organization win and the fact that he's still playing at a very elite level. Um, so yeah, he can basically do anything he wants in the Bay area um, and he'll still be revered, but no doubt the more championships he wins, the more uh, delicious toppings on the Sunday that he will enjoy post-retirement. <laughs> 
Here's a newsflash. If Steph robbed eight banks and started a fentanyl <laughs> empire, we'd still give him a fucking standing ovation here in the Bay. I don't give a shit what he does illegally, illegally, anything. He'll be totally, uh, totally fine. And then another follow-up that I have to give. Mark, I love you. And the reason I love you is you understand this show so well. So this is a segment about Steph and we're a warrior show. But you also know I enjoy conflict as much as I do that you decided to lean into the Antetokounmpo answer first. Also, I'll have you guys know that when he changes teams, the first time he checks in, I'm calling both of you guys on speakerphone and I'm just booing lustily into the phone. And you'll, you might not be able to differentiate my booing from Milwaukee's because they'll be booing just as fucking loud. Quick nope, yep. And then I have a judgment theater that is burning through me because it actually literally just happened and I need, uh, I need some advice on what to do. But here's the last nope, yep. So Warriors 14th roster spot. We've gotten some news, right? There's a picture that got leaked that suggested that Kent Bazemore's name was on a locker. We have uh, suggestions that Dwight Howard is working out with the team. And Kelly Oubre is not signing with us. He just signed a veteran minimum with Philly. But we now know that he could have been gotten for the least amount of money that is available out there. So give me nope or yep for each of these if they could have signed him on the 14th. Uh, roster spot. Let's start with Dwight Howard. What do we got, Mark? Nope or yep with him? Yep, but no capital letters. All yeah. lowercase. Size, yeah. Maxime, take Kelly Oubre. Nope or yep? <laughs> nope, and I'm not... The, the Warriors obviously didn't want him either. I'm sure they were aware that he was available. <laughs> Which leads Kent Bazemore and JTA. I'll take this one and I'm going to wrap them all together. I'll say yep on those. I'll say yep on those as opposed to Dwight and Kelly. And here's why. Theme. This year it seems, I don't know, I mean shit, I didn't even remember who the GM was, so maybe I'm getting this theme off. But it seems to me that the, the theme is run it back and avoid drama. Don't have locker room issues. And so people like JTA and Kent Bazemore, they might not be as talented as Oubre and they may not fill the same spot as Dwight Howard, but you know they're not going to be wrestling any feathers. They know the system. They know exactly how to fit in. And that's what Mike D has been building. So of the possibilities of all the people out there, if this is the direction they go, I think it's perfectly consistent. It makes sense to me why they'd go in that direction. Um, explain your lowercase nope, Mark. What, what about Dwight speaks to you? Well, it doesn't speak to me a lot. And to be clear, you know, I've been told from people in the Warriors, it's not definitive they would get Dwight. I mean, it was part of a larger conversation. They have had a bunch of people hmm. uh, at their workout facilities. And they also feel, you know, as much as it, they would could use another center, they like Kavon Looney. You know, they like uh, Dario Saric. They don't feel like they have to get a center. But I think that what Dwight showed about the question marks, about his maturity, willingness to take a supplemented role, he answered those questions during the Lakers 2019-20 right. season, mm -hmm. that he was willing to embrace a reduced role and that he could still provide some value in that, you know, use in case of an emergency, need a defensive stop for matchup purposes. So I think that it very well could be that same recipe of, you know, the way the Warriors benefited with having JaVale McGee, not in the starting lineup, but, you know, some spot minutes here or there. But I do like your point about Kent Bazemore uh, and JTA, Wanda Sconnell Anderson, uh, about being good chemistry guys. I do have questions about just the on-court presence they would bring, but uh, as long as uh, it's all about their intangibles and having good chemistry, that's fine. But I think if I had to weigh all these first world end of the roster questions, 
I would much prefer a player that can provide a specific need and skill set on the court than just having some teammates that players get along with. But no doubt that's only good if all the other intangibles aren't negative. And that's why the Warriors are sifting through to make sure that Dwight knows what he's signing up for. And it's more about replicating that role in 2019, 20 with the Lakers than trying to right. revive, uh, you know, his glory years during his all-star uh, appearances in his prime. Give me an impromptu Sarek take. So we haven't spent a lot of time yet on Dario. And I really like the signing. I'm on board for it. But I'll tell you what, I never put together that he could help make up for some of the Warriors' size. You know, I think of him as uh, as a shooter, like another Nemanja, you know, like somebody of that of that ilk. When you heard the Sarek signing, what'd you think, man? How does he help this team? Well, I think he helps in two ways. Uh, you know, they bolster the front court, puts less pressure on Kevon Looney, Raymond Green, especially if they get in foul trouble. Um, he's a better shooter, so helps the floor spacing. And he also has a familiarity with Chris Paul because of their time in Phoenix. Mm, um, sure. But if I had to handicap it, I think while that center rotation spot's going to be fluid because that's just how Steve Kerr is, I think philosophically – the ideal starting lineup is to have Kevon Looney at the center spot because he's earned it. And I think that his chemistry with Draymond's great. And even though you have the reduced spacing offensively, um, at the end of the day, the Warriors identity, believe it or not, maybe you guys believe it because you've seen it during the, during the championship years and the not so uh, successful seasons of that their identity is on defense first. And that's really what helps fuel the offense beyond the fact sure. that, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson represent the best shooting backcourt in NBA history. Another impromptu topic, quick nope, yep. So the the United States failed to medal in the World Games, came in fourth, I believe, after losing the bronze medal game to Canada. Big deal? Nope or yep? No. I'll say yep. I'll say yep. Why? Why? Yep, no? with, yep with lowercase. I'll say yep with fucking capital letters, dude. <laughs> we made this sport up. Like it's not there. There's no other if fans or buts. This is our sport to not even medal to not even be top three is not. I mean, so like I understand how good the rest of the world has gotten and phenomenal and they deserve this. It's not that the war or the Warriors. It's not that the, the U S didn't um, show up. It's that they just got beat. And I understand also that we didn't necessarily even send our B team, but is it a big deal that we go into a competition in a sport that we not only specialized but invented and didn't get the top three, I'll say, yep, absolutely, yep. But I'll be talked out of it. Why does it mean nothing? Well, I don't know that it means nothing. Also, I'm not totally sure that the Americans invented basketball. There is some Canadian claim to that as well. But we can leave all of that aside and say we didn't even send our C team. I mean, these are this I think is Nate Smith is in fact. I think Dr. Nate Smith is in fact Canadian. As I said that, I started realizing maybe uh, I might be a little bit off on that. I'll stick with it. Fuck you, Canada. We perfected this sport. How about that? I, I, I. You know, we've won the last what three out of nine now, or something around that. There's, there's a can consistency in our lack of interest in this. And so I think the whole world is aware that the United States or the players from the United States put their sights on the Olympics more so than the World Cup. So I don't think that anybody is under the impression that they beat the best of the United States. And so I think we can also sit pretty comfortably. I mean, it's embarrassing, you know, like we should have done better. There was 
the whole the whole conversation was not oh the Americans have no chance and it was also the Americans aren't not going to necessarily run away with this but there was an expectation that we were going to medal if not win gold and I think that was well founded um, but I'm not super concerned about this and you can already see Steph LeBron KD starting to line up for the Olympics that's the one that matters. Dude, so that it's actually that secondary story that making me um, underline the capital YUP. Uh, so what we heard after this is that LeBron James took to the bat phone and called all these people. Well, here's a newsflash. Steph Curry has already announced he wanted to play in those fucking Olympics. It wasn't LeBron isn't bringing anybody in. That's already out there. But LeBron, who always has a nose for news, is phenomenal at picking out the issues that will get his name right to the top of the Google search realized this was a big deal and capitalized on it. Told the world, never again, not on my watch. You know, not when these Olympics come. I'm, I'm building the Avengers and out will go and destroy all the rest of these people. And so I'm, I'm standing on LeBron's back to say, yep, but be our decision maker, Mark. What do you think? Big deal or not? Yeah, it's a big deal, but it doesn't uh, need to involve pitchforks and uh, fire tombstones and all that. So here, here's... Here's the reality. Yes, they should have won the World Cup. Uh, they're the Americans, but this isn't the first World Cup they've lost. And there are some tangible things that explain it. Um, you know, they, they didn't have their best players, as Maxime alluded to. There's still the, the lack of continuity compared to other teams. The, the international competition's gotten a lot better. And there's still an adjustment to the way the FIBA games played. Now, all those four reasons and... They didn't have, you know, the right strategy as far as like going small. They needed another center uh, that's more effective than Jaron Jackson Jr. Even when you consider all those five reasons, the U.S. still should have won on talent alone. But unlike some of their underachieving times, especially in 04 during an actual Olympic year, I don't think it had anything to do with the participating players' effort level, attitude, etc. I think that you know, while there are certainly ups and downs throughout the tournament, the team looked like a team and it looked like the players that were there wanted to be there and they wanted to do the right thing. It just wasn't good enough. But I think that it, this gives them some easy, low-hanging fruit things to address for Paris in two years. Speaking of people I didn't know were Canadian, Dylan Brooks is fucking Canadian. I didn't, I did not know <laughs> that at all. Yeah. And he destroyed us in that bronze medal game. The guy couldn't miss a shot. I think he went for 29 and shot like a thousand percent from three, which was another reason I'll say, yep. Another reason I was furious about that entire thing. Also, if anyone out there is good with computers, if you could hop on Wikipedia and make Dr. Naismith American as opposed to Canadian, that would really help my last 10 minutes of podcast content to judgment theater boys. So this is a real story. All right. So a little bit of background. Um, I have mentioned this in the past. I like riding bikes and I bought a bike a while ago and it had some problems. But when I bought that bike, I paid extra money for what they called a service plan. All right. So now anytime I need to bring my bike in, they do service on it for free is what it is. And you save money over time. What they're basically banking on is that you'll stop doing it. That's not me. I use mine far, far, far too much. Another piece of background. Because I had problems with this bike, they hooked me up. This is a big company. Um, they, they have branches all over the place. But when I came to them and needed issues, they bent over backwards for me. They, they did what I needed them to do. All right. Here's the judgment theme. So I am spreading my love of bike riding to my family. Now, both my wife and my little girl have a bike. 
and they were hand-me-downs. So before we had them ride them, I brought them in to this, this spot to get them serviced. And those bikes don't fall into my service plan, right? You got to pay the money, which is fine. And the service normally costs 175 bucks. Bring my wife's bike in, pay the 175 is what it is. Bring my kid's bike in, go to pay, and they say, oh, no, no, you have a service plan. This is totally free. It fits into your service plan. Now, I know, boys, that that's not, the service plan is only for one bike. So what I know is that they've made a mistake that whatever happened in the computer, they screwed up and they think they've worked on my bike, not my daughter's. And so they're giving me $175 essentially. So there I am, right? That's the scenario. What do you think I did? What's, what's the next move? Maxime, why don't you drop judgment first? On, on you. I, I think you fessed up to it. Um, I, you know, you're, you're a man of the law, right? This is, you would, you would prefer, and, and, you know, it's not like you're necessarily hurting for money, right? But there's a, I think it's just, it's not even about any forethought or trying to get anything out of it. You just recognize the truth of the matter and you say it is what it is. Mark? I think internally you thought, okay, this is a, a great deal I can get away with and I'm going to do this. But I think that you had this concern that, you know, karma comes around. And so you ultimately decided grudgingly so to be honest about the mistake. So you guys are hella close, but you're also giving me too much credit. All right. So that happens. <laughs> I'm there with my kid. I've got my eight-year-old right next to me. Oh. And as we came in, I was kind of thinking they might make the mistake. I was kind of thinking they might make it with my wife. And so they announce it. My kid's looking around at gloves. I don't know, something other thing. They told me that not only did I not bring it up, I brought my kid out of that fucking store faster than you've ever seen anybody. I was like, Carly, let's go. Like, and off we went. We didn't pay him a dollar. But here's where you're right. That happened last week. I've got to go back there next week. Since it happened, the karma thing has been destroying me. I can't get over it. I keep thinking. And so there, I'll give you guys an update. We'll see what ultimately happens. There is a phenomenal chance when I go back there, I fess up. You know, you guys made a mistake. And, and if I do it, if I'm being totally transparent, and I always will be on this show, I'm doing that in hopes that they're like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, yep. we're all good. But I think I got to come clean. I think ultimately I'm going to cleanse my soul on this, but no promises. I'm not sure. You know, and, and like I said, I'll ultimately bring you boys up to speed. Let's go to Maxime. Easy slam dug, a hundred percent. You offer the one seventy five. Like I, I think you might even tell them beforehand. Like I don't know. Just so you guys know, this is for my kid's bike. I don't know if you're gonna give it on the plan, but this does not fall into the uh, the service deal. So I, I think you fess up, Mark. What's your guess for Maxime? My guess for what Maxime would do. Mm -hmm. I think that he would have fessed up right from the beginning because yeah, he, he would have felt like you know what within that week's time karma could catch up to me before I even get a chance to return to the shop. So I think he would have corrected on the spot. Maxime? So, I mean, you're right in the end, but the $175 is a lot of money. You yeah, know? It's, not, it's not like it's not a nothing. And so, yes, ultimately I would, I would feel so, like physically squeamish while I'm spending the like five minutes of time between you know, where I can still say nothing and make the decision, like the decision is still in the future. I would wait to the last possible moment, I think is my point. But then I inevitably would say, hey, like that, that that's not quite right. But man, I would love to hang on to $175. I could think about all the different things that I could buy with 175 bucks and it's not a small list. Is there any chance 
that Mark would take the 175 and run? <laughs> I say no. I say there's no way. There's just that's just not who Mark is. You know, I I think you'd come clean immediately. I don't even know if you'd go through the thought process of like, ooh, maybe I should take this and get the hell out. So my guess, similar to Maxine, but maybe even more forcibly, there's no way you take the money. You are you're giving it back right from the jump. You agree, Maxine? Well, I mean, 175 can buy a lot of spray paint and other wall mural defacing a paraphernalia. So. True. Yeah, you know, and you from could, one you illegal could, activity to another. You know, Photoshop out some fire extinguishers. You can spend that money in a <laughs> lot of different ways, Mark. What do you think? Well, first of all, hands clean here, clothes sure. clean here. Mm -hmm. I would have, uh, I think your answer was right the first time. I would have immediately informed them. And then I would say, hey, you could use this money for some extra fire extinguishers that Graham <laughs> will capture with some award-winning photos when he's – yeah. You know, returning his bikes. I only like to take pictures of fire extinguishers with people in suits and dress for weddings in front of it. So to be, I mean, it's a limited series, but when I'm willing to do it, I, I would have bet anything I had on your answer there. Um, all right. You'll see me next week. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see whether or not that ultimately happens. Mark, missed you. Really appreciate you joining us today. Um, you're doing phenomenal work on Sports Kita. You're, I mean, you're doing great out there on all of your various platforms. For people who want to check that work out, where do they go? Well, Bram, I'll, I'll try to make it quick and efficient so it doesn't sound like a Wikipedia entry. So I'll divide it real quick. On the writing end, I got Sports Kita, Sports Not, Sporting Tribune, TV. We got FS1 with Colin Cowherd. If you're in LA, CBS LA with Jim Hill on Sports Central LA, Spectrum Sportsnet, radio, which is national, is Fox Sports. And I'll still refer to the social media channel as Twitter. So that Twitter handle is Mark G underscore Medina. Boom. You know where to find us. You want to get us an email. Let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. You can shoot that email to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. If you want to let me know that uh, my Canadian or Midwest takes are off the money, that's where you can set it. We're also on a ton of social media sites. Just search Warriors Huddle. You'll find us. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you real soon. Good, good. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.